podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social in association with Ready to Fight Forged Irish Stout and Empire Fight Store. The bald goat is back on our screens this Wednesday afternoon. He's got Belfast Fight Week ahead of him and he's on a 72-hour fast. Mr. Frank Smith, how are you, sir? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Apart from the fact I'm doing this 72-hour fast, I'm 62 hours in and I haven't lost a pound of weight. Actually, 64 hours in and I haven't lost a pound of weight. So hopefully there's some benefits I can't see because I'm drinking about seven litres of water a day and can't sit still. Ed said I should do it, and then I, you know what, the one thing, I can get involved in the running, I can do a bit of gym here and there, we're working on that, but I, I, you know, like, the one thing I love is my food, I don't think I can do it. Yeah, but I look, look at me, I love food, like, look at the comments over the years, I'm a big boy, I love food, the <laughs> first 24 hours is hard, the, do you know what, now, I don't even feel hungry, it's really strange, but I'm, I, I just want a coffee, all I wanted was a coffee for three days. But we're near the end, and hopefully, maybe I'll lose loads of weight afterwards. Who knows? That's but... what I was going to say. What's that? That's what I was going to say. Maybe it, maybe it will come afterwards. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's where I've cut my hair. I've taken all the X, or maybe I'm just at my optimal weight, and there's nothing more to come off me. The body. I'm just happy where it yeah, is. Exactly. Probably that. Just quickly before we move on, because all the comments will be like, oh, "I hate it when they don't talk about boxing." Um. In terms of like this whole thing, what are the other benefits? Because I'm I'm not really aware. I don't know. It's just there's four <laughs> or five. Everyone's been saying it's so good, so I thought I'd give it a go. But it, actually, beyond after the first twenty four hours, it's quite easy. You don't even think about it. Your body's purifying itself or something. Yeah. Yeah, again, pristine shape and just go and ruin it all this the rest of this week in dinners and eating and drinking red wine. Well, that we will. Um, let's go straight into it. Belfast this week and also a little Arizona trip for a certain John Ryder. Um, just firstly, going into this week, we'll talk about some of the announcements that came out yesterday. But a double whammy from Matchroom. I think Ed's over in Arizona supporting John. Um, excited? Yeah, 100%. It's a massive fight for John Ryder. And if he can get the win against Munguia, that really sets him up for some huge fights this year in the division. Um, you know, he, he showed so much heart in that fight against Canelo. And I honestly don't think uh, Munguia's been in with anyone like Ryder. You know, even the Derevinchenko fight, he struggled in that fight. And that was his toughest test to date. So I think, you know, if Ryder can go in there, start early, I think he's, you know, he, could, he can really upset upset people out there. And obviously, kick off in Belfast first up um, on Saturday, as you say, Lewis Crocker out against Jose Felix. We all know what Jose Felix can do, can do, but you know Crocker, we saw in Belfast in December, he's he's going to set himself up to some big fights in the 147 division. Paddy Donovan's back out as well. That's a possible fight between those two guys down the line at some at some point. You know, Chev Clark against Tommy McCarthy, I think, is a brilliant fight. Chev continuing to step up and this is the kind of fight he needs you know, getting him ready for a big year so yeah a great way to start the year um, Connor Walker obviously as well on the card uh, against Jermaine that's a, that's a great fight as well obviously Connor was supposed to fight Cyrus Patterson um, so yeah a great way to start the year and looking forward to it. Just got the schedule up here uh, it's actually quite busy moving forward I think you're 
back to back every week in February uh, all over the world. I believe you're going to have, well, someone's going to be involved with the whole Fury Usyk fight week as well. Uh, Joshua and Garnu, we're waiting for the 5v5 details to be announced as well. Then yesterday's announcement, I suppose let's go through those. March the 23rd, Smiths of Pader, that was a real good one. Uh, with Sandy Ryan and Terry Harper co-main event in that. I suppose just firstly picking up off that. Um, a real big step up for Dalton, but one that you and the team think that he's ready for. And talk us through the process behind making Sandy Ryan and Terry Harper. Yeah, look, Dalton Smith's ready to step up and he's wanted these challenges for a while now. You know, and I think Zapida's a perfect name. If he gets through this fight on March 23, it sets him up for huge fights in the division. You know, it's an exciting division he's in. Um, and he's ready to move as quickly as, you know, as quickly as we can move in. Um, so that was the perfect fight for him. The reaction to it has been great. You know, I think a lot of people, he was, he was very much on the, people talking about sort of British level fights, this takes him a complete step up. Um, so that, that was great to make that fight. And like I say, gone down really well. Sandy Ryan, Terry Harper, Sandy defending a one, four, seven titles against Terry, another brilliant fight. Um, you know, it was quite an easy fight to make really. Both of them were, were up for it. I think it's the kind of fights we need to see and the kind of fights we need to make. You know, we saw obviously a great fight between Tasha Jonas and Michaela Meyer um, that did, good numbers and I think you know th this is what people want to see people want to see intriguing matchups and uh yeah glad we could get that one over the line you know obviously it's a big opportunity for um you know Terry to go down go back down and or go to 147 and win the title there obviously she got the title at 154 but you know Sandy's coming off a great performance against Jessica McCaskill albeit didn't get the result a great performance so you know it's a great fight and more more fights to be announced for that card as well just on that uh point there, um, there was sort of what was the communication between the McCaskill rematch? Did did you guys, you know, and I think you tried to make it. What what was the whole situation in that not happening? There was there were certain mandatories that came into play uh, uh for for McCaskill, which made it not possible. Um, look, I, I've got to be honest with you. I think this is the much bigger fight. You know, I think people are a lot more interested in this fight. In in truth. Um, and that was, you know, once the mandatories came out, that was the focus for us. Um, you know, obviously Sandy's still upset from the result of that. But, you know, I think this is the right kind of fight to move her forward in her career and, you know, for Terry as well. So, obviously, when we promote both fighters, it's always difficult. But, you know, may the best best win on the night. And, you know, we just want to deliver good fights. A trip to Vegas follows with Richardson Hitchens and Diego Pacheco as sort of the co-headlines. Um, I think final eliminator for Richardson Hitchens, and we know that both are sort of both pushing on the brink of world titles anyway. Um, just happy to have that in, in the schedule. Yeah, 100%. Look, it's a big fight for Richardson Hitchens. It sets him up if he can come through this. Lemos is a tough fight, you know, a real tough fight. I think he's 27 and something 27 something um he's a, he's going to be a real tough test for him but it sets him up for that matthias fight richardson if he can come through this which is a huge fight you know a lot of people don't want to don't want to challenge matthias but he's ready for it and uh, we believe he can uh he can he can get the win on april 6th and then come through for a big world title challenge later in the year um obviously as you mentioned there as well diego pacheco back out he had a great win in la back in November. 
great turnout there. You know, the key for us with Diego is to keep him active. He's although he's been around for a long time, he's still very young. Um, and although he wants the the biggest fights and to move as quickly as possible, we have to do it at the right pace. You know, we did want to get him back out in LA, but the dates weren't available. So I think this will be the plan: get him out here in a in a good good fight, and then work towards an LA show in the summer for him. Manchester Arena, Jordan Gill versus Zelfa Barrett. That's a great fight. Um, I think on the undercard, Rhiannon Dixon as well, stepping up for a world title against Kadabahal. Um, was there sort of Manchester Arena, a, a big one to go to for a fight like that? Um, sort of want to talk us through the whole process in planning that? Yeah, I do. I do love reading fans' feedback about, you know, their, their view on arenas and things like yeah. It's great. Zelfa Barrett, Jordan Gill is a great fight. And people saying it's too big of an arena for that fight. It's like, well, there's not tons of arenas. There's not tons of venues you can go to. There's, you know, in a lot of these places, there's maybe a venue for a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand, or a big arena. So it's no too big. Yeah. And we've just have, we have to build it. Not sitting here saying, yes, it's going to sell 20,000 tickets or 10,000 tickets. You know, if that show sells five, six, seven thousand tickets, I think it's good. You know, it's good numbers for that show. Um, but people have their view and then decide, well, this fight shouldn't be taking place at that arena. Um, but it's a brilliant fight. And it's, you know, Jordan obviously coming off the back of the win against Michael Conlon in December. You know, Zelfa, needs to, he, he had the fight against Rakimov, then had a, a run out back in uh, Ireland in November as well. And, you know, I think this fight sets the winner up to some big, sort of massive fights in the division. So, you know, I think it's a great fight and all British, you know, domestic clash as well always gets people interested. Um, Rhiannon Dixon, as you say as well, she's going to challenge Carbajal for the uh, world title. So I step up for her. So, yeah, lots lots to look forward to. And again, for all of these cards, many more fights to be announced. A little gap in the schedule on April 20th. Will that be Conor Ben? Uh, no, we're working through details now of various potential shows. Not sure whether we'll do a show April 20 or, or, or then look at folks in May. Um, but some news soon, I'm sure. Um, I suppose just on the sort of public feedback, we've seen the ongoing disputes between Josh Taylor and Jack Cattrall. Um, are you able to provide us any update there? We know, obviously, Jack, a, a matchroom fighter, Josh has said it's up to you guys now and obviously the assistance of top rank Twitter-wise, everyone seems to be pushing for the fight. Um, it seems like a big domestic fight. What are you able to tell us on that one? Yeah, look, it's a fight we're looking at and would love to make, but obviously it has to make sense financially and stack up, and that's what we're going through now. So let's see how things play out on that. Um, but no news just yet. But yeah, hopefully that's a fight we can make. When you see the sort of public reception on social media to a fight like that, does it sort of, I mean, I don't know the conversation, but I suppose it comes down to a broadcasting element as well. Do you then go back? I mean, how, how do you sort of go about assessing if it stacks up right? Yeah, it's, it's multiple areas, you know, it's ticketing, sponsorship and broadcast, broadcast being the, the major part of it. Um, and that's that's where we have to go to work and see what can be done. Um, but that that's work going on in the background for sure. Um, moving forward then, Katie Taylor, uh, the plans, we know that Croke Park and sort of uh, government in Ireland plans were being uh, sort of spoke about briefly. Are you able to provide any update there? I mean, 
When can we await an announcement on that? Will it be the third Chantel Cameron fight? I mean, what is the whole situation there? We know that it was a little bit bitter after the fight. Yeah. Now, conversations are ongoing with the government, but obviously conversations with any government take time. It's not just a case of this is what we'd like to do and you know, within two days it's signed off and everyone's agreed. It takes time to, to do those things. Um, but they are still continuing. Conversations with Croke Park continue as well. We do have other options as well to possibly go back to the arena. Okay. If it, um, our our focus and our what, what we want to make happen is Croke Park, but you know we're we're working through all that detail and hopefully we can do that. In terms of the fight, obviously the Chantel Cameron rematch, the trilogy, is a fight we would love to make. We promote both Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron. They gave they've both given us two amazing nights for boxing, um, and we'd love to see that fight again. Those discussions are ongoing um, with both teams and hopefully some news soon. But that that is definitely the fight we would love to make. Have there been any approaches to Amanda Serrano in the MVP team? No, but she's fighting March 2nd, you know, so she's doing her own thing. There's obviously the position around, you know, she's doing 12-round fights now, um, which changes it. It means it can't be done for undisputed. So currently, no, no conversations there. Okay. Um, how long have you got, Frank? I know that you've got to be on another meeting afterwards. Got five minutes, Charles. Okay. Uh, the boxer legal dispute. Are you able to shed any light? We've seen a lot come out over the last couple of weeks from the Times reporting uh, sort of cash envelopes on um, re as regards to signing a fighter and everything. Like we know that you have uh, the ongoing situation with regards to Boatsy's contract. I mean, are you able to... What, what what are your thoughts on it all? No, look, look, our situation with them will be dealt dealt with in a legal uh, route, and that's ongoing. It's for much smarter people than me to deal with. Um, we get on with the day to day of our business, and you know, making sure we can deliver for our fighters. I, I'm not really going to go into. There's a lot of people who, over the years, would have picked up on thing, you know, things that have been bad whether the Conor Ben situation and try to play on those situations to make it you know to make it worse and say the sport needs more governance the sport needs more of this but you know that they've got their own problems to deal with I'm not going to go into you know too much detail on it we will continue our um our legal case you know and we have to defend our position but the the other bits and pieces not for me today Charles there's no going to be no headlines for you no headlines for me, that's fine. Well, maybe a, a nice headline out of this one, because I don't know what's going on. A year ago today, it was beef between yourself and Eddie and Frank Warren, and now you're sat and uh, you're having dinner with him, and uh, he's laughing and joking in my interviews. He's saying, I'm going to beat the shit out of Matchroom. Um, he's now picked up the old pink stony approach of violating my clobber as well. I'm not really too sure what's going on, but I'm quite enjoying it, I must say. Uh, dinner with Frank Warren as I move my I'm getting a, a low battery warning I grab my charger but you, what, what's the situation there Frank I mean it seems almost too amicable am I still talking Charles or am I stopping talking sorry sir, grabbing my charger very quickly I didn't I didn't know whether it would stop recording because you've gone to I don't you know, know what happened there like, I, I don't know I don't know how my wi-fi is so bad that I move up the stairs and I it's lose. lucky you've because can you imagine how slow you would have been running back in the day? I know. I would know. have taken up. 
Um, yeah, so going back to that question around, yeah, the match room, Queensbury, Warren, <laughs> us. But I think it's good for the sport that we can all have a relationship and make fights happen. We will always remain competitors. That is just natural. You know, we, we, we've got two opposing businesses. We've got two different broadcasters. But the good thing is now we can all sit in a room and have a discussion. We can go for dinner and, you know, that's good for the sport. Um, you know, we're always going to have, like I say, our own things we've got to focus on. But if we can make fights between us, that's brilliant. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been it's been interesting. The Zone and uh, TNT seem, you know, quite eager to cooperate. And I suppose we saw that on the day of reckoning. Whether we'll see more in due course, but I suppose March eighth broadcasting plans. You think maybe more of the same? I don't know. Look, it's something. Obviously, the Saudis. Uh, uh, so um, the seller GEA will be making that will be working through that currently. It's not something that we directly are involved in. Um, but I think anywhere that, that broadcasters can work together for the benefit of both their businesses and the sport is good. And I think, you know, the December 23 Day of Reckoning event was a was a success. Um, everyone coming together, that was obviously on DAZN globally. You obviously had ESPN in the US and Canada and, and TNT in the UK as well. So, but yeah, any, any way that people can work together for the benefit of the sport is good. And I'm sure news soon... Uh, I, th I don't think they've announced Feb 17th or March 8th for all casters, but I'm sure new soon on that. Just rattling through a, a few quick ones. Wood Warrington, what's the conversations there? Because I know that you were speaking to the city ground and originally it was about the length of the grass and now it's, I suppose, up to the club as to whether they want to do it. I think May the 18th was the date. I caught up with Lee recently. He said he only wants to do the fight um, with Warrington if it's at the city ground. He says that now Matram have done everything they can. Um, yeah, what, what, what do, you, do you think it's likely, Frank? Look, it's one of those things. We're waiting for feedback from the club currently. Apparently, we're getting an update today. Um, they've been working through with the council. They've been working through with their internal teams. You know, look, these things do take a lot of time. They take a lot of work, you know, to get it together, especially if you haven't done it before. Um, so hopefully we get some kind of positive update today. Do I feel it's like I, I, I feel 50 50 around it? I would love to make it happen. We've done it at a number of stadiums in the past, all around the country. Um, so, fingers crossed, we can do it. So, let's see what, what feedback we get today. Jai Opataya has left Tyson Fury's training camp. Uh, we don't know why. A lot of talk on social media, but just people, but don't, people don't know, right? They're just sort of saying what it could and can be. Um, are you able to shed any like we know that Myra Spradis, um Tyson Fury probably is an ideal preparation for Myra Spradis, but only five rounds spar between the two of them almost seems a little bit pointless perhaps to go home after just the five rounds. Are you able to to share any light as his promoter? No, look, I know Jai uh, and the team like he's he's a true professional and he he'll want to focus on what he needs to do for his fight against Bradis as well. Um, and I think, obviously, Tyson Fury is not the correct style for that. You know, when people say about five rounds sparred, I'm sure Tyson Fury probably has four or five different sparring partners out there with him. So that is, doesn't really surprise me. If he did a day or two with him, like, you know, that they spread it across a number of sparring partners. So I love, again, social media just coming up with their reasons oh, as I to know. what's happened. Yeah, but I, I think the, the main thing is uh, giving... 
Jai the opportunity to focus on what he needs to do. It's an important fight. As, as big as Usyk Fury is in, in Jai's career, his fight against Breedis is the same for him. So he needs to make sure all of his preparation is done to the highest level. Uh, Kel Brook came out and he said that he would entertain coming out of retirement a Chris Eubank Jr. fight. We know that that was something that you still had potential summer plans penciled in. I promise I will let you go in a second. Um, potential summer plans penciled in for the Ben fight, maybe. I mean, have you spoke to, um, as Sam Jones WhatsApps me, on Cam uh, on Jordan Flynn, which I'll definitely mention. Um, but any any conversations with the Sourlands or or Kel or, or any fights there? Yeah, I spoke to Keller this morning. I got a call with him later today. Um, I, I, obviously, we would love to make the uh, Ben Eubank fight, but I'm not going to sit here and say any different. But we've done so much talking about it, and we haven't delivered it to this point. So. You know, we, we have to look at other options as well. Um, you know, I saw that, what, what you said there about Kel Brook, that chat. He's also said he'd be open to fighting Conor Ben. There's loads of options out there. There's loads of big fights to be made for the sort of April, May, June time. Um, and they're, they're all the ones we're focusing on. So hopefully we can get something done. Two more. Billy Joe Saunders, what's the, what's the crack there? We were expecting a return for him next month, obviously, if that card happened. It's all gone a bit quiet. Yeah, no update on that yet. He's look, he's back in. He's been training. He's been back in the gym. Um, he's got to do things the right way. He's been out the out the gym and out of the ring for a long time now. I think it's been two and a half years. He's been out for, and he can't rush back. You know, he'd rather get his preparation right. So you know, we'll see if we can get a date in soon for that. Cameron Vong, Jordan Flynn, we know he's out on Feb 10, so no tempting fate, but we've seen the social media back and forth between the two. It seems that Jordan's in, 258 are in, Sam Jones obviously managing Cameron. Um, you believe you get this over the line? Yeah, brilliant fight. That's a great fight for probably April time, and it just shows how quickly Cameron wants to move forward, and it's a tough test as well. Um, Jordan's a tough, tough fighter, and I think it's... Uh, yeah, hopefully we can make that happen for around that sort of April, May time. You know, Cameron's obviously got to come through, you know, all being well, Feb 10th. That, that's the, that should be the focus. All right, Frank, I don't know when I'll see you next, mate, but uh, thank you for catching up with us for Boxing Social. Can I get a cheeky thumbnail from you, please? A cheeky thumbnail? Yes. Would you? I'll hold up a bottle of Buxton and be like... And can you look like a little bit angry? Or maybe point as well with the Buxton, like point point of the Buxton, yeah, like that. Yeah. That's like a Chava. Right. <laughs> What's Chava? Oh, come on, Frank. Right, top man. Thank you for speaking to us at Boxing Social. Sports Social Podcast Network.